That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is a HeadGum Podcast. So sensitive. Hello, Hufflings! It's me, Jasper <laughs> William Cartwright, and I am joined today by the very sensitive... Oh, it's me, little. Yeah, sorry, I'm gonna start that right away. Good job, Liv. I thought it was good. Thank you. No, don't. hi, my name's Olivia Kennedy, but you can call me Sensitive. Sensitive Live. Sensitive. 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 Jasper, your intro this time took on an almost uh, good morning Vietnam quality. Have you ever seen it? Good. Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything that tangentially uh, puts me anywhere within sight of Robin Williams, I will take. Agreed. Uh, yeah. I will take. Yes, so, including the cocaine uh, consumption, the rate of cocaine consumption. <laughs> Big problem. Right. Okay, so probably not. Okay, probably not that. Okay, so yeah, uh, let's pivot back to Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Jasper, okay, why cool. is your mustache white? Um, well, listen, my name is Jeremy uh, Cobb, uh, but Ash Lassard calls me the. Cobbless, because they had just had a dream where we totally murdered a guy. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> it's making them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. into something real big now. Whoa. Uh, apparently we're, oh, we're Ash Lassard and I murdered a guy. Murdered a guy. <laughs> Which is wild. Did you get any more details? Like, no, as in, they just said like we a, murdered a guy. Like the motive for anything? The I don't know. I want to, okay, so... Uh, I hope, hopefully, uh, if you're a patron, you're still listening to this. Was it Ash Lassard, was it? Yeah. Ash Lassard. Yes. Ash Lassard. Can we get like a little more detail here? Because mm. I'd love to know if this was like a, you killed someone, Jeremy was there, and you were like, Jeremy, I'm going to need you to help me here. Mm. If this was like a planned hit, I'm just, mm. I'm fascinated by this. Was I'm it really a crime of passion? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Was it you know, like a podcast a issue gone and wrong? it was like one of us? <laughs> This this is a podcast yeah. issue. Is it Disregard me? the threesome thing that Jasper just said. Uh, <laughs> Jasper has been watching Chicago. Uh, it's the, it's the opening of Chicago. Look, we both yeah, look, look, he he had, had it coming. Do you know what I mean? He had it coming. So don't give me any of this. Um, <laughs> that's actually something I've never realized. The dirty before. bomb Make sure you book your tickets uh, coming this April. The three black halflings are doing Chicago at the don't Brighton Pavilion. Don't even joke with me. I need to play uh, Val McKelly. Don't even joke with me, oh. Jasper. <laughs> Yo, don't I watch that. that. You doing all that jazz, Liv? I watched that. I do a lot jazz. I would do uh, the one where she does the the doubles routine by herself because that to me is like the one of the best things ever. Mm. So yeah, mm. no, for sure. Yes, okay, well, it's happening. It's happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Liv is going to do a uh, one-person version of Chicago at the Brighton Pavilion this April. Uh, I will be on lights. Jeremy will be on lights. <laughs> Mr. Cellophane. What mishap has befallen him that his neck has contracted ill itself? Hey, hey Jeremy, he, he had it coming. He had a surgery. I I love the idea that there are multiple people listening to this right now that are like, "What in the what hell happening? are they talking about?" Okay, if you don't know what Chicago is, you should definitely go check it out. It's mm. a great musical. Yeah, um, go watch the movie. It's pretty. It's a it's a solid movie. It's, One movie. Best it's a solid movie. Yeah. yeah. But the point I was going to make was this hasn't dawned on me until you just said that nickname, which is that I will quite frequently have dreams about podcasters because I'll often go to sleep listening to podcasts mm. so you kind of can't help it they're like kind of in your subconscious as you're falling asleep oh. yeah. i've never thought that that might be happening about me yeah. please if someone's had a dream that i'm in please t- unless it's like really freaking weird especially in which case, if it's I'm really fine. freaking weird yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually yeah maybe <laughs> yeah let's, let's, just tell if you've had a freaking weird dream about me tell me i want to know if you you've written funny. fan fiction about 3bh no um <laughs> if you haven't written fan fiction oh. about 3bh write it <laughs> Yeah, and right. Then send it. It Go to for us. it. Yeah, um, Jeremy's been read it on air. Jeremy's Maybe. been beating this drum live since before <laughs> you even got. Yeah, I've been Jeremy's drum since the... like the launch of the podcast. I <laughs> yeah, literally. Been... Yeah, <laughs> we're on the same pair us page. up with each other. Pair us up with mm. guests. Uh, pair us up with <laughs> our characters. <laughs> no, I want the Illuminati Hoosier slash Mick. Because let's be real, I feel like that would. I feel like if I'm, Hoosier was real, that is a possibility. And if Chloe oh, became oh, a fictional a character, that is, that is a conversation I, I can see. I'm not. I'm not necessarily thrilled about the idea of the Jasper William Cartwright Tovo uh, Tovo slash Mick. I'm like that feels. <laughs> the, the to- uh, that feels a little uh, a little dicey for me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my god, Juju, what are you doing here? Liv, I came to see you. I couldn't stay away. Who am I getting paired with? Camel? J- the, Jeremy, <laughs> yeah. the DM, the DM version, like yeah. the DM version of yourself. That's yeah. just sort of slightly macabre, but a little twisted. It's just yeah. you in a hood. <laughs> <laughs> Or you have a, you just have a screen between you, and uh, you know, uh, yeah. you holding a things. dice. It's me DMing for myself. Yeah. I think that, I feel like the fantasy is that I'm an actual dom, like a BDSM mm. dom. I'm that kind of yeah. a DM. Yeah. I'm that kind sure. of dungeon master. Uh, <laughs> and I'm wearing like leather I'm collars in all of our TTRPG, like all of our actual <laughs> plays. You can't, uh, you can't usually see like below the chest area, so you might yeah. be, you know. Yeah, we don't just be. do lines and veils. We do safe words. Uh, we yeah. use the yellow, yeah. red, green system. Absolutely. Yeah, all that. We do aftercare. Uh, That's very for, important. Yeah, it's time yeah. for my request now. I'm going to ask that uh, all we the uh, artists, uh, <laughs> fan artists of the show, I want to see uh, Jeremy behind a DM screen in full DM gear. Let's yes. just, let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, Please, that and happen. then you know what? And draw it me, and then draw like the rest of the cast of our shows there. <laughs> and if if you do one that a season that Liv is in, draw her in like a BDSM dog outfit. And <laughs> no, don't, yeah, ask don't, ask don't, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. But it has to be a dog. <laughs> outfit. It has to be a dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. Uh, that's good. At least they'll not... be pretty covered up, so you know that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, dignified. Yeah, yeah. Uh, relatively dignified. Relatively. Uh, yeah. Speaking of dignified, what, what do we have coming up for you in this episode? An amazing chat that we just had with Christian Navarro. Uh, we went in deep on some mm-hmm. great topics. I'm at really well, speaking of BDSM. We went in deep. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, Jeremy, but <laughs> it was deeper and more intense than any of us expected. But we all came out of it feeling fulfilled. Yeah. And what I'm so excited about is the fact that we had this like really deep, cool chat with Christian Navarro and Christian possibly is now listening to this episode being yeah. like, oh, cool, this is my episode. And this is the way yeah. we introdu- introduce the episode. That is the like, only that's thing, hilarious you know? to me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the really... BDSM element is the, is the yeah. t- is there we go. tease, tease, denial, <laughs> subverting expectations. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're this just is... never going to get to the interview because we're going to just keep edging it out. <laughs> we're just edging this. The whole point is to Liv, I thought you were my ally. <laughs> Liv, I thought you were I, my ally in this, and look, you were encouraging ooh. him now. I can go either way. It's, it there you go. Okay. The only other thing that I wanted to ask both of you before we get into this interview was, have you watched The Last of Us, the first episode of The Last of Us yet? Not yet, no. You've got to watch it. I was actually oh, talking to my friend Taylor about this, and mm. uh, I have neither uh, played the games nor seen the show. <gasps> and he what are you talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really like first-person shooters in general. Duh, I'm not all that interested in the it genre. Third-person. I don't really. I don't that, I'll be honest. If it's shooting the shooters, guns in video games has never been very interesting to me. That's I like hitting things yeah. uh, with sure. objects, uh, typically. But mm. I, I. I have observed the discourse, and I have also uh, heard my friend Taylor uh, talk, because he is very much into games and has never yeah. been a huge fan of that franchise. He tends Ooh, to think that they're pretty overrated, and mainly because he thinks that the gameplay is not well... He says the gameplay on its own is not particularly great, and he doesn't like... He doesn't think it's very well integrated with the actual cutscenes, and it almost feels huh. like they're attempting to be... He doesn't mind something with a ton of cutscenes, but he prefers yeah. it to be something where the cutscenes feel properly integrated integrated into the actual like gameplay experience. Between, yeah, yes. yeah, sure. Like taking um, away your agency kind of thing? Or? Yeah, and, and sort of like, the, it's more about... Uh, it's yeah, a super let linear us, game. Let us fair. tell it's you super... this story as opposed to letting yeah, yeah. you participate in it. Yeah, yeah, um, it's a super linear story, so I can definitely yeah, understand people like, having that reservation. Yeah, yeah I think um, Death Stranding was one where he said, I think it works because the gameplay segments become like the challenge and then the reward sure. is the cutscenes as yeah, opposed yeah, to yeah, you yeah. just like, all right, I gotta get, get through this part now. Now, and I get to see more of the movie. Uh, but he, he remarked that the show seems to be almost ident- like perfectly adapting. And by perfectly, we mean like exactly adapting yeah. what happens in the game wow. with some, yeah. uh, some, 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 uh, what would it be? Key changes. That was the word I was looking for. Some key changes. Yes. But that is a direct, really specific adaptation of the game. It is absolutely bananas at points where I'm sat there going. Like there's one scene. There's like a. It's uh. This is not a spoiler. Like obviously, like, there's a scene where all the shit goes down, mm-hmm. and it's in like a high street. And I was literally there, like rubbing my eyes, being like, "Have they somehow like rendered the game wow. to like?" It was mm-hmm. like obs- It was like one to one some yeah. of the stuff. And you're it's like, like a Zack Snyder's Watchmen situation. It's like, oh, yeah. That's the, it's that's like the that's the same thing. <laughs> they did yeah, the exact right. same thing. Huh. Yeah, but the, yeah, it's it's absolutely wild how like close it is. And honestly, I just I love the main the main two. I think they they cast it like pretty incredibly. And weirdly, 
Um, uh, Bella Ramsey, I think, actually looks quite a bit like Ashley Johnson, which is a slightly Aww. strange, mm. like. I, I don't know, maybe people might not agree with me with this, but I genuinely think that Bella Ramsey actually looks like Ashley Johnson, which is weird because Ashley Johnson doesn't look like Ellie. But anyway, mm. that's our side thing. Uh, but anyway, it's just my recommendation for this week. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I thought it was scary. I think it actually goes, it actually does a better job with some of the stuff. Like the opening kind of whole section is better than it is in the game because like very short and you're like straight into like action in the yeah. game. Well, I guess Whereas they have you kind the of chance to kind of like rethink things, don't they? So yeah, yeah. And you kind of get a bit more build up and a bit more, you get a bit more emotional connection to stuff and whatever. And like, yeah, I think it's just really, really well done. And I think it's, hopefully bodes well for us nerds who want you know game movie adaptations yeah. and stuff yeah. that you can do it right like also, it, it, you know there's a long speaking, way to go in the show yet but you know <clears throat> speaking of nerd stuff and adaptations uh there is also a last of us board game coming out this year so oh, yeah so Yo, keep an can eye we that. play that Oh, for sure. That? I would love Can we that. make that like, a thing? Yeah, sure. like, when you're it, back in the country jeremy can we film ourselves playing that game oh, that would make so me so good. happy i would be fine with that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I would love for the first way I experienced the story to be through a board game. For a board yeah. game, <laughs> yes. Also, uh, but yeah. I, yeah, I love. Sorry, Liv, what I were love you the saying? Last yeah, uh, it's a board game. Uh, no, it's, oh. it's like, <laughs> no. If you uh, you play as uh, Joel, Ellie, and a few other characters from the game, and you're basically like uh, trying to get to Jackson. I'm pretty sure that's where they're trying to get to in the mm. end. Um, you're trying to like uh, go against like hordes of clickers and like get supplies and stuff like that. But it, it seems really cool. I'm I'm excited for it. So yeah, super dope. I have um, a little recommendation as well. Ooh. Yeah, um, I just recently watched uh, Alice in Borderland season yes. two. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think that some of it is very, very stupid. I just want to say that up front. <laughs> I think that it is very stupid. Not the whole thing. I actually think like the baseline it's concept some. for the series is very cool, but there will be moments where the reality of it gets completely shattered for me. Uh, in season mm. one, this is not a spoiler. Most of the injuries to people in season one are treated very, very seriously. When somebody gets hurt, it's like, oh man. And it's like a big deal. And then a guy punches a tiger and sends it flying through the air. And there's no yes. explanation for that. And it's like, I what? I love that. Why do we do what? What? How do we? What? You can't have that. And then a man punch a tiger and never or explain. Tiger, also. Like, you can have people punching tigers, but let's make yeah, it a yeah, punch yeah. and tiger show, not a my leg got burned and now I'm debilitated. Like, for seconds, <laughs> my leg got burned in fire and now I'm debilitated for days or weeks, sort of show. Yeah. Like, like, we can't have both of these things at the yeah, same time yeah, yeah, and yeah, not yeah, explain yeah, yeah, yeah. that. And season oh. two triple. Yeah down on that uh and so the emotional stuff i think in season two is actually ex executed very very well mm -hmm. uh, i think the last episode in particular though some scenes maybe drag a little bit the emotional stuff is fantastic and i definitely advise checking it out because you may not care about the stuff that made me go what uh like me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was there was one point during the climax of the series where i started openly laughing uh, because it was just, it was so absurd. I'll talk to you about it off my clip so that you can know what I'm doing. I'll watch, here's the thing about me, I will watch any old shit and I might, I might like it, honestly. Like, like there are, like I've watched all of Chicago Party Ant and I'm like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't even it's know what that is, funny. but it sounds like a lot. I have no idea like what you're talking time. about, but it sounds ridiculous. It's literally just like a, a lady from Chicago who just likes to party, and that, it's an animated show. <laughs> it sounds and she's great. just like, 
I love to bear. I can't do a Chicago accent. <laughs> She's like, I love baseball. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. flawless, flawless. But check out uh, Alice in Borderland. Chicago. It's a cool series. Uh, <laughs> like, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I think season one holds up overall better for me than season two does. But season two's got some great stuff. Uh, and yeah, it, there's. I would say the good, the great stuff is worth for the most part, uh, watching through the... It is pretty violent. It's it's in the same vein as Sweet, a Squid Game uh, or Battle Royale, minus most of the social commentary of those series or uh, or works. Uh, but it does have a lot of, like, emotional, psychological commentary stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say definitely nice. give, it a, give, nice. it a, give it a check out on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Nice. And you can also check out Chicago Party Out on Netflix and at me, like, what the fuck are you doing, Olivia? <laughs> 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 is that your recommendation for this week? Uh, yeah, I love it. Over from the board if you game feel like this. calling me out, just go for it. <laughs> uh, I'll keep recommending stuff that I've watched that you can be like, why have you done this? Yeah. yeah. So, that Great. is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. I love it so much. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think, uh, I don't know if, uh, I can't think if my brain isn't working, uh, whether there I was anything that I needed either. to shout out this week. I don't think that there is. Uh, so uh, on the proviso, that that is everything that uh, we There is one last about. thing that I have to mention, which yes, is I'm recording please. this. I, I mentioned uh, my, my girlfriend and I just watched the show. Uh, mm. She does not share my sentiments. She is very much like, look, I will fill in the blanks for the creators. When I watch, <laughs> if I'm bought sure. in, I will make excuses. Do the work. You will yes. do the work. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. If, sure, sure, if sure, a sure. character, for example, gets shot in the head uh, and you see the brain splatter across a wall and they inexplicably return moments later, uh, still able to function and fight and survive for hours longer, um, that she's like, nah, there's an ex- explanation for this. It's fine. Uh, and I just want to say that she is actively messaging me during the during this conversation because they they can hear what I'm saying they're currently creeping into the room creeping onto the bed it's off mic but I am being stalked right now by my girlfriend who's morphed into a predator a tiger which I am not prepared to punch unlike the character in the show <laughs> but because because me. this tiger would obey the laws of physics and yes, you would not yes. have the ability to punch them uh, across the room I am, it, I am in imminent risk <laughs> <laughs> So All right, let's is, say goodbye to Jeremy yeah, right now. Go ahead and goodbye. Yeah. I just want to say it's been a real it. pleasure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be looking for a new Black Halfling. Um, uh, my, uh, um, my next broadcast will be from inside of my girlfriend's belly as I have been devoured. <laughs> uh, slowly being okay, digested. Yeah. Uh, Jasper and I uh, did the Daniel, same just, thing. Just cut out all these bubbling sounds. Just cut out the bubbling <laughs> sounds. The bubbling and the hissing. But, uh, Daniel, can you make this crystal clear for us? Oh, man, that is extremely funny. Uh, Deja, if you could refrain from eating our DM until we've recorded this year's actual play. Uh, Deja's content, now crab walking, has morphed into a crab, and is crab walking out of the room. I wish that the camera could pick this up because there's a full there's a full animal study fully, class happening in the corner you. of this room Absolutely right now. sensational. I never doubt this. Well, it. speaking of classes, speaking of acting, uh, we are now going to uh, flip over to our interview with the incredible Christian Navarro. Oh, wait. Hello there. 
I do believe there's someone at our door there. Oh, uh, Jeremy, Liv, are you in? Oh, yeah. I, I think someone's Hello. at the door. Oh, are you right there? Oh, yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, <laughs> my accent's slipping, but yeah, no, here I am. Liv, you're from Newcastle. Oh, yeah, are you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where were you? Where were you from, our Jeremy? Normally, you come in as a pirate. Yeah, I've been sailing the high seas, me hearty, and I've been come here to sit inside of this little hobbit hole. Well, I'm glad you're back because we've got a guest with us today. Oh, that's so nice. It's lovely. Don't know Well. I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna go and open the door Just and see it. who's there. You with me, Cutlass? After ready, here. I walk over and I open the door to reveal our guest this week. Ooh. Christian Navarro is here. Ooh, I am here. Me, Christian Navarro. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Is this the halfling convention I've met? A halfling is never late. A halfling arrives precisely when he intends to. That's <laughs> exactly what they say about us halflings. You cannot. Yeah, that is exactly the, the phrase. Yes, uh, a halfling never anywhere they didn't want to be, <laughs> yeah, yes. or everywhere they shouldn't be. Exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. yes. Uh, so, hi, Christian. If uh, any of our wonderful uh, audience members are wondering, oh, I recognize that awesome voice, you may well uh, recognize Christian's awesome voice of many, many a uh, TV or, or film uh, that they may have seen Christian in. I'm looking at a rather impressive IMDb uh, right oh. now, which I'm extremely jealous of. Uh, mm-hmm. Congratulations, oh. Christian, for killing it. Uh, thank and thank you so much for uh, for coming on uh, with us. I'm super excited excited to have you uh how how are you doing today i'm doing well i'm excited to be here talking with you guys uh you know we've been we've been talking about getting on this for a while so it's fun yeah, to, yeah. To get you, you get relentlessly yeah. tagged like whenever someone's like uh you know like uh, oh you know who should be on what show it's always like christian needs to be on three black half legs christian needs to be on three black half legs. I, it, I love yeah. it i, I love it too, and every man, time we're like thank warming. you yeah i just think it's uh you know i'm sort of new to the to the to the the RPG, TTRPG world, and, and to D and D and and all of these things. So I feel uh, I feel very lucky that that people have uh, accepted me with open arms and and have have shown the kind of love that they have. Yeah, what what prompted yeah. the foray? Because uh, you're out there killing mm. it as an actor, uh, but here, like you have made a big step, multiple big steps now in the over the past few months into the world of TTRPGs. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, well, like many people, the pandemic happened, right, and so. Mm. I was stuck at home, and and my best friend Jack Cummings. I'm gonna you'll hear me talk about him a, a bunch because he's he's sort of integral to my journey in this in this world so far. He is a a big D and D RPG TTRPG fan. Always has been since mm-hmm. he was a young man, a young child, I should say. Uh, and we've been best friends for oh my god, almost almost eleven years, twelve years now, something like that. He's been trying to get me to play <laughs> for forever, and. Uh, I don't. I don't know why I had an aversion to it, but I never wanted to to sit down and, and play with him. Uh, and mm. then the pandemic happened, and I was I was held captive to to to. Uh, I was a captive audience to him, um, and pretty much from from the get from day one, I was I was I was hook line and sinking, you know, like I, I I just immersed myself completely, and I I think personally I was also in the middle of this journey of trying to figure out who I wanted to be outside of acting because 
the business is such a feast or famine kind of thing. And mm. uh, got to fill the rest of your time, right? You have to <laughs> fill the rest of your time. And if and if you really, you know, it's I've been doing this so long. It's my life. I love it. I don't love anything else the way I love acting. And because of that, when I'm not doing it, uh, I feel a, a sense of of uh, Worthlessness, Avoid. almost uselessness, mm. you know, because yeah. I'm an oh, artist. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, I'm definitely. not making art, what am I doing? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I needed to find something that would uh, serve my soul in the same way whilst I'm not working. And I found that this community and, and Dungeons and Dragons and, and all of, all of the people I've met have been able to fill that, and then some. Uh, I absolutely have fallen in love with it. Yeah, mm, I'd love lovely. to just like stay on that for just like a second, just because it's a topic that we don't often come to and we'll obviously shift like kind of wholesale into the TTRPG stuff. But just like I think for any kind of creative uh, out there, you're absolutely right. Like it's such a feast or famine, right? Where you'll go from being just like on top of the world one month where you're, you know, doing shows or you're on set and it's like mm-hmm. everything's great. You're hanging out with you, with people, you're seeing them every single day and then it's just, like everything is over. And I think it's a really, I think it's like one thing that like acting training and stuff like never really prepares you for because you're you know if you're if you study for you know if you go to uh university or anything like that for it or drama school you know you're with people like three years that Mm -hmm. so rarely happens in the acting world like Mm -hmm. maybe if you get on like a long-running series but even then like that ends it just ends like it just it's just like a clean break and then suddenly all of that structure and everything is gone and i i guess like because uh, I would agree with you, I think D and D has very much filled that gap for me in my life as well. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of interested in terms of like, how do you find uh, like kind of managing that? And you know, it, it, have you tried anything else in terms of keeping yourself feeling creatively kind of relevant? And obviously, we all know that you know you provide you you know you are creatively really relevant all the time in the same way that I might be when I'm feeling like I'm not. You know, but I think for your it's about, it's about yourself, right? You're, but your own personal I think journey. that's the I think that's the struggle for a lot of probably for all artists is is it's not so much uh, um, being creatively stimulated because I think people like yourself and myself and people who um, love art and, and love making art and creating uh, we, we always find ways to do that right even mm. if it's just twice a week sitting with friends playing a game like this where you get to be fully creative and immersed I think the struggle for me uh, uh, specifically is being on uh, being at the top of the hill sort of right and then it's taken out from under you and yeah. everybody expect well what's coming next what's the next thing you do yeah. and you put that expectation on yourself because you've achieved something and you you don't want to you know you never want to take a step back right so it's about doing the next thing mm-hmm. um and i think what i've had to learn and, and and it's still a process and i think it'll be a process my entire life of accepting this but you just can control the things that only you can control, right? I can control my work ethic. I can control the the preparation, the time that I put into auditions and the work that I do. And I can control how I choose to stimulate and create, uh, uh, stimulate myself and create art in those down periods when there isn't uh, paid work or, or you're not seeing my face everywhere mm-hmm. in, in, in movies or a TV show, you know? Yeah. And, and I- letting the ego go and saying, hey, I don't need to be on top. Uh, everything has its time. Everyone <laughs> has their season, right? You just have to stay sure. true to yourself and, and you'll come back yeah. around. You always do. <clears throat> yeah. I wanted to comment on that because uh, as an actor myself as well, uh, it's been very, I, I think it's very interesting to see. I saw a clip recently of F. Murray Abraham arriving at 
I can't remember which award. I think it was the Emmys. Uh, arriving at yes. the Emmys, yes, and I saw, yeah. He, yeah, he saw the crowd applauding for him and didn't realize yes. that they were cheering for him. And then yeah, when he like, such a lovely him, moment. his face just yeah. lit up. Yeah. And oh, it's wild nice. to me because Amadeus is one of my favorite movies, but that oh, movie came out in like 1983. Yeah. Yeah. that movie came out almost 40 years ago. Uh, wow. And that was his that was his Oscar moment. It won eight Oscars. He he won best actor that year. He was incredible in that movie. Um, but he's had a whole 40 year career since yeah. then. And it's really interesting to see even for somebody like him who won an Oscar. There aren't very many projects of his that I could name. I'm sure he was working, but like between then and like the mm. 2010s even. Because I know he's been doing a lot. Like he's had a recent sort of upswing. I know he was in Mythic Quest. He was in the show that he was nominated for at the Emmys. Uh, he's been yeah, in the White Lotus, uh, yeah. White yeah, Lotus. Grand great, great show, yeah. Yeah, yeah really Grand Budapest show. Hotel really as well. Like he's had a recent upswing. He was in Louie actually in the 2010s at one point. Um, and he's in like uh, a, he's in Marvel. He's in uh, uh, oh Moon Knight. He plays uh, Khonshu. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, but that even even as an example of him, he won an Oscar, and then while I'm sure he was doing work, he wasn't doing anything that was nearly as prominent as that for like mm. 20, 30 years almost. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure he was doing it for the love of the craft. And I mean, it's not like he was doing tons of super duper prominent stuff prior to Amadeus, despite the fact that he is an exceptional actor. And I'm sure that he was still having a lot of success, but it just wasn't, there's different versions, there's different levels. Like, yeah. it's one thing to be on a major TV show and have everybody see who you are. And then you may b then do a project that is seen by fewer people that is just as artistically fulfilling for you, or even more so. But from a, from other people's perspectives, I think there's also, like, uh, an out... It's, it's, like it's, it's weird to do a, a very forward-facing job like this, where you may be on what you consider uh, your career is flourishing, but other people may think it's a downturn, simply because you're not as visible on their screens and so forth because uh, the metrics of success is kind of skewed yeah I, that's a very good way of putting it i think that i was just speaking about this with my friend jay glazer the the uh, there's another actor frank grillo who's a, a friend of his and he said something very telling this business is the only business in which you have to consistently prove yourself, no matter your resume. Yeah. Mm, uh, or one of the yeah. few, right? I mean, if I was a police officer, my, my, my mother and father are police officers. If I was a police officer, you work 20 years, you take a test, you advanced in, in the department. There's, there's, there's a way up and, and uh, barring, you know, some, sometimes politics, I guess, you will advance. If you work hard enough, you will advance. You know, your pay goes up, et cetera, et cetera. Acting is not like that, and the entertainment business is like not like that. I can't tell you how many times uh, in, in the last few years I've gone into a room um, to audition for something or, or over Zoom, uh, and they'll ask for a headshot or they'll ask for these things where I'm like, "There's a hundred hours of TV of, of my face," <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This business is yeah. a very "What have you done for me lately?" Mm -hmm. kind of business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's that's a tough pill to swallow because you know. If you ask me, I would say I have proven that I know how to do the job, how to hit my mark, say the line, be believable, and I work well with people. You won't find a, a set that I've worked on where they have anything bad to say about me. All of these things that I've worked to cultivate a career in. Mm. Uh, but it, those things never matter to the next person hiring. It's about can you do that for me and can you serve us now? So yeah. it's it's a tough pill to swallow, but – 
you get no one in this business makes it if you don't have tough skin and and, uh, and a willingness to to get hit Absolutely. over the head a bunch. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> may shock you to know that I too have dabbled in acting. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, all all three of us. Um, but uh, yeah, no. The the thing that I was told over and over again is that you you have to be thick skinned. Like people are gonna knock you back and like knock you down, but you have to keep, get back up again and do the same thing again. And I was like, am I? I may be too sensitive for that. Am I? Maybe. I don't know. But like, I imagine it's something that you have to really, you have to really believe in yourself. I, I imagine, you know, you have to have an unshakable confidence, I think, which is, yeah, that's the entire game, right? Is, is believing yeah. in yourself so strongly that these, and, and believe me, hundreds of no's, thousands of no's, yeah. that yeah. they don't shake your confidence because, and, and I've learned this now 12 years in this business, mo most of the time, the job goes to the person that it's supposed to go to. And mm. as a young actor, you don't see that. You think, why not me, right? I've given my best towards this audition, this meeting, why not me? As I've matured and I've grown a little bit older, I've seen that, and not just with acting. I think in life, generally, what I'm learning at 31 now is the, the things, the opportunities that are meant for you will come to you one way or another. And sometimes opportunities that you didn't know you needed or wanted uh, um, come your way as well when you're ready. And, and you just have mm -hmm. to be prepared for those opportunities, whatever they need. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say that the, uh, on the confidence point, it's like, it's about convincing someone that you don't know who's <laughs> never has no reason to like you or to know you or anything <laughs> that, and give them the confidence in you yeah. in like five minutes. Like yeah. that's the job of acting, right? It's like a five minute meeting, self tape, uh, zoom call, like you said, and being like, Hey, I'm so confident in myself. that I can do this job. I'm going to make you feel confident <clears throat> in me. I'm going to make you feel safe and secure that you can cast me and know that I can do this job. And that like, it's not, there's gonna be no backlash because you gave me this opportunity like I found that it it's, tough. Similar, it's tough yeah but i found it's a similar uh, uh perspective in regards to dnd &D and, and live playing and all of these things i feel like mm -hmm. i was so you know three years ago i watched critical role for the first time and i played for the first time dnd &D and i i was very clear in my mind i love what these people do these are best yeah. friends who have gotten together yeah who love spending time with each other and creating things. And because of that, they're able to affect millions of people and, and change people's days and lives for the better because of nothing more than sitting with your friends and doing what you love. And I was mm. so uh, in awe of that, that I, I, I knew in my head, I needed, to meet with, I needed to meet these people. I wanted to be friends <laughs> with these people. I wanted to work with them and I wanted to find a way to find a little niche in this business mm. so that I could do that with my best friends. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it illustrates a really good point to bring us to D&D &D as well, which is, uh, you know, the, I think our careers as creatives, it, whether it be in front of or behind a camera or on stage or whatever, are very much like a D&D &D kind of campaign, right? Yeah. That you, you'll you go off and you'll slay a dragon one day <laughs> and it will be the big crowning moment. You'll get paid like 20,000 gold. But we all kind of know like we can't slay dragons every day. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, eventually you're going to have to go back to doing just like the low level job or you're going to have to go to a different town and prove yourself again or show why you're the big adventurer in town or why no one's to mess with you or, do you know what I mean? Like, I yep. think it's yeah. a very uh, similar uh, kind of framework almost to like that idea of going on a big adventure and sometimes you've got to change tack you know sometimes or you've got to okay say to just fuck about in a tavern for a bit you know yeah exactly yeah. sometimes, sometimes it's okay to just fuck about in a tavern and Shopping that's absolutely it <laughs>
yeah. yeah. And, and, and that can be just as valuable, right, to, you know, the overall journey. You know, those Absolutely. will be a part of the memories that you remember at the end is I you mean, fucking about the tavern. It's often those and, you know. moments that, are, that stick with us the most, really, I think. Mm. I, mm. I, you know, I can't really detail all of my successes, right? Like, I can't remember those moments as clearly as I can remember the journey. The, the getting there, the struggle yeah. and the yeah. after, you know, like there's these peaks and these highs that we, that we reach as human beings that are infectious and, and in a way keep us going for the next one and the next uh, accomplishment that we work hard for. But all that really sits with us is the, the, the swimming through the shit with the people next to you, right? <laughs> like you have to yep. make it there. And that's, that's like D and I mean, this, this sounds, I'm sure cliche at this point, but I have a, I'm in my office and, and over my office door, I have a, a, a painting that was given to me when we wrapped 13 Reasons Why from the producers. And it says, uh, it's, in the, it's in the telling of the story that we learn who we are and maybe see who we might become. And I've always thought, uh, I, I consider myself incredibly lucky to be able to tell these stories that I get to tell um, as an actor because I learn about myself and about life and humanity and my, my, my place in all of that with every character that I play. Um, but I'm also finding that that statement uh, and Dungeons and Dragons is so true. Uh, uh, we, we get around a table, we tell these stories, and I one of the most beautiful surprises of this is how much I learn and grow as a human mm. being playing yeah. these games. I mean, yeah. it, it, empathy, uh, uh, compassion, uh, friendship, love, all of the tenets of being a human being, we get to play these these emotions to their grandest scale, yep. and then leave it at the table and walk away and really let those things sit with you. And I feel like I tell people all the time now, it's it, it's the gift. Uh, give yourself the gift of playing this game once. Absolutely, I completely you know. agree. And also, I would go throw out there. Uh, for improvisational improvisational standpoint, yeah. from like mm -hmm. for an acting set, like it's like a genuinely like a masterclass. Just yes. playing this yeah. relentlessly with like yeah. other people who are like quick off the bat with improv and stuff. Wow, like the difference is like I, the difference between me now than when before I started playing D and D is millions of miles away I, like it's incredible how much more confident i feel going into like a you know even like a comedy setting it's just you know just like and like off the cuff and all that kind of stuff it's huge it's like but amazing what you're talking about is life stuff, stuff too right yeah it gives yeah, you absolutely. confidence i think this mm. game in, in the same way an improv class does too god I, i'm awful at improv comedy scares the shit out of me really um absolutely. i'm much more of a dramatic <laughs> uh, uh you know yeah. classically trained actor but but the but what i do appreciate about it is it gives you a confidence to approach life that you shouldn't be afraid to say how you feel that you should yeah. take time to think about how you feel and process and you know be very um what's the word uh, uh deliberate in your relationships and your friendships and, and, and who you choose mm -hmm. to be these are all lessons you you take away from you know dungeons and dragons or an improv class or an acting class mm -hmm. or going to sit in a dark theater and watching a movie and taking away that story with you you know it's it's all about storytelling and it's one of the oldest probably the oldest pastime is is cavemen sitting around a fire going this is how i hunted that tiger that we're eating you know it's yeah. it's, it's there's something very innate and archaic and primitive about storytelling in any form and i think hmm. uh, dungeons and dragons and and other tabletop games really capture that and, and force you to action call you to action i think
Mm. Yeah. You mentioned other think- tabletop games, and I'm uh, I it's one thing that I've been kind of learning uh, more by playing other systems, um, and even just looking at different eras of D anD. It's interesting how when looking at the early editions, like especially like first and second edition of Dungeons and Dragons as a game, it was, I think, less about the storytelling and more about the the winning. Uh, like you would go in and try and and it's and try and defeat the monster, defy you know, defeat whatever was in the dungeon, take the treasure, rinse, repeat. Uh, and I think that it's interesting to see how that has transformed, along with the game becoming more mainstream over the past ten years. I mean, I'm sure that shift started long before, but in the mainstream, I think of D and D. The um, in fact, I know it did because uh, it was um, I I think I'm probably I don't know, Christian. Have you ever seen the gamers? Uh, it's a, okay. I've talked about it on here before. Um, I think it's by dead gentleman productions or zombie Orpheus entertainment. Although those also may be just connected. Uh, but it's like an online, but not on. Well, it's, it's basically a very, very low budget student film that a bunch of dudes made like in college where, uh, they're like a bunch of guys in a dorm room playing D and D and then they would cut to themselves as their characters. And this was like in the two thousands. So this is, I think even before like the community episode advanced Dungeons and Dragons and so forth, like in 2010, um, and it's yeah, it's a it's a fun little movie. And then they made a sequel to it uh, called uh, Darkness Rising. And in Darkness <laughs> Rising, the main conflict is between um, um, optimization versus storytelling. Okay. That is like in the it, the the main plot is this part. These people are used to playing with an optimization method, and then the DM and the new player want to go for more of a story direction. And the DM sure. is frustrated because he's trying to focus on the story, but his players only care about getting the loot. And it's I think that that dichotomy has always existed, and the way that it's sort of and that it, in in the past ten years it's really shifted. And I think it's interesting to that we now view D and D as that when it didn't used to be quite that way in the sense that it uh we now view D&D as a, a a storytelling device when it kind of always was but it was also kind of a war game hybrid thing and it still maintains those roots so i guess my question would be have you played any systems that are more explicitly storytelling focused where it's like all like it's all about the collective storytelling we don't even we're even in some cases removing elements like dice like when you play wonder home or something where there just is there there's no dice it's just you all telling stories or the the young people the juveniles on modes of transportation series uh <laughs> where like it's still emphasis very heavily heavily on collective storytelling and that sort of thing have you had any experience with those sorts of games i can't say that i've had much experience with with uh with that sort of uh let's say Freedom, freedom of movement, and, and sort of moving away from dice and, and, and all of those things. I, I've what I can speak to is I have played a few uh, campaigns or one shots now um, where the the theater of the mind is the primary battle map, mm. right? Um, either because of virtual uh, connection or whatever the case may be, uh, and I find that. I thought I would be uh, very apprehensive about letting those go, the dice roll and the battle mechanics that come with the map and all of that. Uh, but it actually has has opened up gameplay, I've, I've found. Super freeing, right? Of those yeah. settings where it allows for, yeah, and it, it allows for, for, for more activation of the sort of movie in your mind. Um, and I think that uh, we'll, we'll start to see as the OGL debate uh, uh continues to to sort of rage on um 
we'll start seeing systems be built that are even more accommodating towards that sort of storytelling. Because uh, um, I think what you've seen happen over the last 10, 15, 20 years is the innate desire for storytelling taking over those sort of battle mechanics because they, yes, they were initially war games um, like like Warhammer and, and even some of the predated actual war games that they used to play in military schools, right, where, where this sort mm-hmm. of thing was born. Um, I think that is the first, that was the first draft version of this thing. And as it has matured with people all over the world, um, I think it goes back to that thing. The thing that connects us all as, as human beings is, is storytelling. We, we want, we crave storytelling and, and uh, I think we crave a sense of understanding oneself and the world through community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that back in the day, there used to be a lot more opportunity for that. Um, now in, we live in a world that's dominated by this thing and the internet and for sure, yeah. it's a very yep. individualistic sort of society that we live in now. And uh, I am always grateful for an opportunity to be with community and to, and to create with the community. Um, yep. I think, I think more people, young people particularly, need to put the phones down and play some games like this. I think <laughs> yeah. it'll improve uh, communication and, and uh, empathy and, and all of those things. I really advocate for that as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've spoken about this before, but one of my best friends uh, works at a school for um, uh, young boys who've had like really kind of troubled pasts. Mm. And a part of the the thing that he's brought to the school is Dunners and Dragons. He's the oh, yeah. he's a drama he's the drama tutor at the school, um, but he was you know i guess started and was kind of like ah, you know getting some of these kids to try and act and you know kind of let go of some barriers and whatever is is near impossible because you know they struggle in most social situations let alone kind of then putting on a mask and adding layers to all of this and you know uh and he literally says one of the most rewarding parts of his job is that he uh sees these kids working out social interaction in a safe place yeah. where they can re like where in out where he'll watch them outside of like that room talk to each other and be unable to communicate and be unable to say hey that's you've pissed me off or that offends me or whatever like they can't say it they can't you know they they don't have the words to articulate it but in the game because there's some structure to it, because there's this like these mechanics to it, they can go, oh, I can see that that approach didn't work. Right. Let me try something else. Mm-hmm. Let me, you know, and like, and like he says, seeing them develop these skills uh, in this way is like absolutely like, you know, he, he literally says he'll go home and just like cry like yeah. with happiness because he'll, he'll have watched these kids actually just he'll like he'll be sat back and they'll just be talking to each other in a way that literally they are unable to do outside of this game and then seeing that have an impact on them in real life and i just think i think you're absolutely right i think you've you've touched on something really really uh poignant there which is just that i think that this gives us a sense of community and 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 i think most importantly a safe sense of community because i think that uh, nowadays, there is so much judgment. There is so much kind of, uh, uh, you know, you put a picture online or whatever, and it's like, what do the comments say? How many likes does it get? This kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's all judgment and it's all scrutiny. And this, this is like, hey, you get to act uh, in a way where, uh, you know, there's a there's a set of rules that we've established both kind of in this book and as a table, you know, there's certain things we're not gonna talk about or whatever. So you have these kind of unwritten rules, 
But outside of that, you can do anything you want and it'll be a safe space for that to happen. And it's a I think it's blanket almost. Yeah, absolutely. And it brings out, I think, uh, you know, parts of you that maybe you didn't even realize that you had. Like, uh, and like, I, you know, I, I love being aggressive in a D and D game. Like, I because I find it, I find it nigh on impossible to be aggressive in real life. Like me as a human being, I just like I don't get aggressive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I love the sensation of being like, oh, I'm gonna kill something or like, whatever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's like that's a release for me that I don't have in real life, and I think it allows me to in a safe place process what that would feel like you know what i mean and if i do get angry i'm like okay this isn't a completely foreign uh sensation for me where i'm just gonna you know go off the rails or do you know what i mean i'm gonna let it overwhelm me because like angry without crying what (laughs) (laughs) i have a question for you all um because this is something i've been finding i've been creating a few characters for um i'm working with johnny stanton and Luis. Uh, Colazzo and, and, and Jasmine and some lovely people on a, on a setting right now. And um, I wonder if this is something you've all found as well. I, I found that the as I play more and, and I create more characters for new campaigns, these, these, this lovely little uh, happy accident has started to happen where the characters I create at some point in time during, during the playthrough, um, I realize that there is an aspect to this character that um, correlates to some part of my own journey that I, I subconsciously or, or, or completely absentmindedly have built into this character um, mm-hmm. that now I get to sort of work through and live through. Um, yep. it, it's happened to me say by this accident all the time. a few times. Yeah. yeah. Is this something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Like it's wild how I, I personally believe, and I've said this so many times on on the podcast. Um, I personally believe that you put a little bit of your personality into each and every character you play, mm-hmm. like some aspect of you. Like um, I have like an Asimar, uh kind of cleric who is like really naive because sometimes I can be quite naive. Something I like ha- need to work on. I have like. Uh, like a, a bard that lets me like explore like a little maybe like a tinge of selfishness but it's like okay maybe dial that back a bit like, you know like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's all it just kind of like allows you to kind of look inward in a way which in mm. a way that that can be like really healthy actually yeah i completely mm. agree yeah i, 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 I want to i'll go ahead yeah, please. no no please yeah. um i think that uh, I completely agree with what Liv is saying and also what you were observing, uh, Christian. It's reminiscent to me of uh, like uh, concepts like Death of the Author, uh, where it's not entirely to the, like, it's not exactly the same thing, but the idea of, if you're not familiar, it's the idea that the author, once they create a work, it can be viewed uh, separately from the author. And part of the logic behind that is that the author may not be aware of things that they are putting in the work subconsciously. And so they may not have intended certain things, but they're in there. And once it's out there, other people can read it. Uh, And I think that's kind of like, even if you're not intentionally doing it, it's still coming from you. Uh, I'm reminded of an interview with Paul Thomas Anderson, where he he observed that he kept writing like these father son relationships, but also like um, homosexual, like or subtly homoerotic relationships, or like longing gay characters in his movies. And it hadn't even occurred to him that he kept doing it. But he was like, "Oh dang, that's weird." Uh, <laughs> I don't know really what to what to say about that one. <laughs> I gotta move on now. But it was like, like, and it's true. Like if you watch his movies, there's a lot of like father son struggles. Uh, whether it's his first movie, Hard Eight, or AK Sydney, uh, Boogie Nights, etc. Into there will be 
blood or the master and so mm. forth. Uh, and there's also like a lot of homoerotic subtext in a lot of those movies between yeah. characters in Boogie Nights, uh, in the master again, always was Philip Seymour Hoffman for some reason, but, uh, <laughs> one of the greats rest in peace. Philip. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that is absolutely something that comes out when, when you are creating something no matter what it has to come from you even if you're drawing yeah. from other things you're putting yourself into it and so it can be really interesting to look at like the body of work quote unquote and in terms of like if you're a dm or gm what kinds of storylines right. you keep telling mm -hmm. or what kind of recurring themes keep popping up um i mean i know people will talk about how if brennan lee mulligan is running a campaign the villain is usually going to be capitalism uh <laughs> whether that's intentional or not it does it always happen is. quite a lot it always is. It yeah. always is. Or if you're if it's characters and you're like oh each of my characters seems to have like there are certain themes that like yeah. these characters tend to be really anti-authority or you know they tend to be maybe struggling with some element of their past like reconciling who they want to be with who they've been or you know all sorts yeah. of different things like and you may, things that you may not have been money <laughs> Liv, working out her financial woes uh, through, uh, my, through my characters always talk too much so I don't know there's probably something there as well I think um, I think the work of, of an actor probably safe to say the work of an artist of any kind and you all are artists I think I think anyone who plays this game uh, and invests in it more than casually I'll say that um, is an artist. And, and I feel like the work of the artist is to identify within yourself the sort of spectrum of, of, of human experience and the things that my acting teacher used to call them heartstrings. Uh, we all have things that uh, this word has been, I think, overused recently, but triggers us for good or bad, right? We have these... Um, things that we won't compromise on, whether it's uh, animal harm or, or, you know, things that pull at us that immediately we feel something mm. about. Yeah. And I think it's, it's your job to move through life and identify all of those things and try to figure out how to, as the actor, how to access that feeling, yeah. that well of feeling immediately is the job, is the job of the actor. But I think as, as a D&D &D player, one of the things that I'm fascinated with is you get to explore those quote-unquote triggers or those heartstrings, as I like to call them, um, on a weekly basis and really start to identify for yourself the things that matter to you. Because as an artist and a human being, um, I, I'm only speaking, you know, I, it sounds so sometimes pretentious saying as an artist, but um, as an artist, you, you're... All you have to concern yourself with, I believe, is your truth, crystallizing your truth uh, and making sure that your point of view, which is what other people are coming to see, your unique point of view, um, is expressed as genuinely and uh, empathetically as possible. And I think you get to see people do that around a table every week when you play in groups uh, or you watch CR, Dimension 20, you get to see these people identifying the things that matter most to them and then standing in that truth. And I, yeah. I, I don't see that anywhere else in the world, mm. except on film sets, TV sets, when, when the actors do it uh, very occasionally amongst, you know, people uh, having like cathartic moments in life, but you see it all the time in D and D yeah. or, or, yeah. or around the table.
Well, it's so funny because literally, you were, I was literally thinking uh, something very similar to this, which is that one of the things, my answer to your question was going to be one of the things that I love about making characters now, as I've played it for a couple of years, is that now I'm getting a very similar sensation that I often get with when I act a part that is uh, sometimes like further away from me, which is that, you know, you'll, you'll kind of get to a point where you go, ooh, something doesn't feel right here. Like it's like, it's like I'm coming up against something like internally. Uh, and I think part of the job as an actor is to identify whether that's like you not feeling right. Like, because it's something that, like you said, it's like one of your heartstrings or whether it's like the character is meeting something that they're not comfortable with. And I think it's such an interesting kind of process of identifying like, oh, like, uh, is that me not feeling, like, truthful? Or is that me not feeling uh, like I don't like what the situation? Or is that, like, the character? Is the character coming up against this? And then also getting to live in it. Like, getting to live in it and being like, okay, uh, am I okay with this? Okay, I'm okay with this. How does it make me feel? How am I reacting to this? Like, it's my favorite thing that I ever did was uh, acting uh, 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 quite a kind of heavy role. It was a big three-hour play and uh, going through a real gamut of emotions. And quite often I'd be like, okay, am I like feeling uncomfortable here or is my character feeling uncomfortable here? Am I meeting something? And I think that you, like you said, you get to see that all the time when you're watching these actual play shows. Like people coming up against situations which they'll have never been through in their life ever because they're, you know, huge, larger than life situations where you're slaying a dragon or whatever it may be. Uh, and coming up against like a moral question and right. figuring out like what that is and how that sits one of my favorite uh actual play characters is called muti quoba uh which is from the uh cover the caterpillar um the first series and then uh the tales of spider queen and he is a character which for me morally sits quite far away from where i am and i love that sensation <laughs> of being like Okay, how how do how does Jasper feel about this moral situation? How does Jasper react to this situation? What do I what do I want to do? And then what does my character want to do? And I got to know that character so well that I felt like the the, the two voices were like in sync together. And that's mm. like a sensation that like I've never had before where I was like I could clearly sell what I want to do, what Jasper would do in this situation, but Mooty was just like boom, I'm going this is what I'm doing. And it was such an enjoyable experience to again do that in a safe space where I'm like I'm just going to make this moral decision and know that like the audience, me, you know, uh, my fellow players are judging the shit out of my character right now. And, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's, very much judging yeah, exactly. some scenarios. <laughs> yeah, well, very much, exactly. <laughs> uh, but and I, I think that's such a, that's, that in itself is such a freeing sensation. And I think going through that f honestly feels like an important thing for me as a person. And so I think that it just further reinforces this idea that I think D&D could be such a forceful kind of positive development within people as they I play this game more and more. I think that's very elegant, elegantly said. And I think that um, something I learned from being on a, series, a, a longer running series was that um, earlier on in the process, I would get a script and I would say, I was a younger actor and I would say to myself or to the writers, my character wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. And I had a fellow actor who I really respected and trusted pull me aside one day and said, Christian, I'm going to change your perspective. If, if you're willing, listen to this one. Uh, when you are feeling the most uncomfortable about a character's choice or a character's line or an action they have to take, 
perhaps uh, that is the character. That is where you will find what is outside of you, Christian Navarro, uh, yeah. and is this other character you play. And it altered my perspective, I mean, forever. Since then, I've, I've never looked at characters the same because in life, I think, and I know, and, and certainly in our profession, uh, the discomfort is where the most, most growth happens. Uh, and I think in, in, in our everyday life, we're so reticent to, to be uncomfortable. We, we spend our entire lives making it comfortable for ourselves so that we can survive and live, right? And have the roof over our head, rent every month, et cetera, et cetera. And we want comfort. As human beings, we crave comfort. But the opposite environment, uncomfortability, is what yields the most growth. Um, and what's fascinating, again, about People who, you know, acting is one thing where you, I tell people all the time, I, I, uh, I get paid to embarrass myself. That's what I do. I, I go to work <laughs> yeah. and I, and I do and say crazy, sometimes stupid shit and you throw paint on the wall and it's all the creative process. It's a, you know, I, I, I lost all sense of shame, uh, 12 years ago, right? But yeah. people. When you get who, really used to changing in front of people and it's just like a very normal yeah, thing to do. It's, to just it's be like just, getting down to your boxes, just like, oh, Oh God! I, I did it at work, like a, an office job, like once. We were just going out to play football, and I was just like, "Oh, you don't do this here!" Like in rehearsal rooms, like mostly, most of the time, someone's half naked. That's just like everyone's just like so comfortable with each other. I'm just, I have no shame at all. Was this in, in an office, like an actual office, just like in the middle of like? The yeah, floor, I like went like... to like I went like fully wow. went to take my trousers off, and everyone was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm going to go to the bathroom before HR calls me." Yeah. I was literally like HR uh, because, peeks around the corner, like, yeah, "What yeah, are you exactly. doing?" <laughs> but sorry, carry on. <laughs> carry no, on it, it's just people engage in that willingness to be uncomfortable, to to Ooh. be uh, silly and, and unabashed around this ta around a table playing a game, right? And it's Ooh. it's something that I wish we saw more of in everyday life, but something I'm so extremely grateful uh, to the game for because it allows people to 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 go to those places that normally you don't get to go to. You know, how many of us get to experience? The, the agony of defeat and, and the mm. glory of, of success in battle yeah. or something like that, or, or watching a party member. I think one of the most incredible experiences is losing a party member. It yeah. really, the yeah. same. It, it's yeah. such an incredible thing to live through and, it, and it's also an incredible teaching uh, tool for grief in, in life, I think, mm. um, and, and being able to let things go. Uh, I think, I've seen some incredible like therapy sessions happen around a table, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm just constantly in awe of, of how this game and the community allows anyone and everyone who feels like they are part of this community to be themselves and to discover, yeah. to, to be in an active uh, process of discovery, of self-discovery, safety. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, that's, a, a I think that's a really... I think that's a really lovely point, actually, and I would say I don't know about you guys, but I would say that this is probably the this is probably the first industry that I've been a part of, and I've worked in many different careers, uh, like different you know, kinds of work, and I'm kind of including you know I've done TV work, I've done theatre work, I've worked behind the camera, I've done production, pre-production, all that kind of stuff. This is the first time I think that I've ever really like felt when I've gone to industry events, when I've jumped on Zooms with people, like I'm doing with you now, where I feel like I can genuinely be myself, like a hundred. Mm -hmm like the sort of truest version where I'm not putting on any kind of voice or, you know, uh, doing any 
kind of performative element. I'm just like existing as me and the reaction to that is one of support like and i think that's really really unique to this to this community um but also like you know you know for a fact wouldn't be afraid to sort of say like hey that wasn't like on the level or that wasn't the right thing to say or do you know what i mean so you can feel kind of comfortable in knowing that you know everyone's gonna be honest with you and open with you and i think it's a really i think that is a really special thing about the community what you're speaking to is also conflict resolution. It's a unique tool that we learn playing this game. Like your friend who's a teacher watching these uh, uh, kids, high school students, I think, are high school students? Yeah, 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 yeah. Watching these high school students have, you know, some of the most intense uh, uh, conversations and debates I've had have been disagreements in the party over a moral choice, yeah. right? Yeah. And. Yeah. How often in life do those sorts of conversations end amicably or end with real conflict resolution? Very seldom. Mm. And you get to do that in a safe structure and learn tools that allow you to hopefully move into the real world and not get into a, a screaming match or a fist fight and be able to sit and, and really conflict resolve with someone else. And I think I can imagine your friend watching these kids do that. Uh, it's probably a really gratifying experience. Yeah. Um, I know it is for me when I watch my friends or partake in those sort of debates. Not too long, a couple of weeks ago, we had a really intense, you know, 34, excuse me, 30, 40 minute uh, uh, fight, not, not fist fight, but fight within the party about something that I had done. Uh, and, and it was so, after the session wrapped, it was such a uh, uh, euphoric feeling of, oh shit, we went to, to battle on this thing. Everybody made points and we were able to walk away with a common ground on this. And I thought, my God, that mm. never happens in, in real life, you know? <laughs> yeah. At least not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. It's um, very hard. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I genuinely feel like I could, uh, we could talk about this all day. So I just wanted to give a last opportunity before we start wrapping up this uh, part. Uh, just if anyone has any other questions before we get onto the last, because there's one very important question which we have to get to. So I want to leave time mm. for that. But I just wanted to throw over to Jeremy, Liv, or Kristen, if there's anything that you wanted to throw out, talk about before we kind of wrap up uh, mm. with the final question. Uh, I was going to just throw out uh, that when you were talking about how. Um, how TTRPGs allow you to explore uh, emotions in a safer environment than you would normally get to explore them, such as like the death of a party member, which is sort of exploring the, the possibility of losing a loved one. Right. Uh, I think is I think is completely true. I just guessed it on a show. Uh, shout out to the first watch. Uh, I don't know if any of you listen to this, but if you're listening, shout out to you guys. And if you don't shout listen out, to the first watch, the go first check out watch. the first watch on YouTube. Uh, look up YouTube.com. The first watch. Uh, we've had Andrew on the show before. He's great. Um, but they had just lost a party member and like the episode before I jumped in as a guest and uh, and so they were all the whole episode was basically about trying to bring that party member back I basically joined in as like uh, uh, not really mad scientist but a kooky scientist type who's like I can potentially help you bring them back and so it was like this big emotional psychological journey about each character reckoning with the thing about that character that was the most special to them and the most meaningful to them and then the character herself deciding am I going to come back uh, right. now that I'm in the afterlife my whole character motivation actually used to be about getting my husband back which half the party didn't even know and now she's there with her husband in the afterlife uh, uh, and her friends show up and are like yo uh, we want to bring you back and uh, some of them are like insistent like 
we're here. You're there. Let's go. Like, we're going now. What do you mean? There isn't a discussion. And she's Oof. like, ah. Uh, and her husband is there. They were just having dinner for the first uh, time in years. Uh, and she's oh like, ah. Uh, and they, they had, and I was just sitting there this whole time, just like, Whoa. <laughs> Uh, watching everybody go through all of these really difficult situations where you see the party members realize like, oh no, it does have to be her choice. But we went through so much to get here, but it still <laughs> yes. has to be her choice. And they're just like sitting there on her on their hands while she then goes talk talks to her husband and he's like, I want you to stay with me. Like, why are you leaving? Oh, and God. she's like, I, my whole, and really the, the conclusion was like, I've lived my whole life since losing you, wanting to get you back. But along the way, I've made a new family and now i recognize that like i can't just leave them there i have to go back with them and he's like the husband was like he there was like this long pause and he was like the soup's gonna burn i have to i have to go back and i'm sitting there like oh no, no. like he can't even he can't even say like okay oh, it has no. to just give himself an out and i'm just like yeah. oh, oh they're I gonna have it. a long talk when she comes back to yeah. the to the he yeah, literally so said at the end, end do not bring me back he said don't bring wow. me back it's too painful leave me here and she's like oh, okay and i'm just sitting there like this is so special it reminds me of my favorite TV show of all time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think it yes. is Excellent. Some, oh. some of the best TV written mm. and directed ever. Uh, yep. And there's that whole arc, I think season five into season six, uh, that Buffy dies. She saves the yeah. world. She sacrifices oh. herself. And there's two things I've always that have always stood with me from, from that episode is the first, what she tells her sister before she sacrifices herself, she says, the hardest thing to do in this world is to live in it. Um, yep. And I've always taken that to heart because it takes, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit every day for how much courage it takes to wake mm. up and be yourself Definitely. in the face of the yep. world. Um, yep. And I think she spoke to that. And the second was there was this incredible episode where they, they brought her back from the afterlife and she's not her same self. Uh, she finally reveals to people, I was in heaven. You, you know, mm. you, you brought me back because this world needed me and you needed me, but I was happy. And yeah. I thought that was oh, just one of the most beautifully done uh, TV mm. moments, but, but something I've, I've thought a lot about since then, right? We, we oftentimes want to do the best for other people and, and, and want to help other people and not necessarily, we have to listen to others as well. But like what what an incredible and beautiful way of exploring that very subject do you know what i mean Mm, and like not everyone like i i completely i'm absolutely with you uh my fiance made me watch all of buffy the vampire slayer (laughs) during lockdown uh and it was absolutely it was like an incredible experience like i was like as soon as we started watching i was like oh every single night in lockdown we're watching like three episodes minimum (laughs) you know that's how it went down but like that wouldn't necessarily connect with everyone in the same way that it may may have connected with you or i but like i'm thinking about jeremy's example of 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 exploring that in this very like real kind of almost like physical way you know what i mean where it's not you're not it doesn't feel as removed as like on a screen right you know being like in the moment of realization of like what have we done you know and then taking that outside of D and thinking of like how do how do i uh how, like 
I have to kind of take that lesson with me, you know what I mean? When I'm thinking about helping someone or, you know, uh, how I help someone or how uh, I impact those around me in that way. And I just think, like, it's kind of baffling. I I agree with you in the same way that, like, I think when you first start playing D&D, you're like, oh, this is like a cool game with some fun dice. (laughs) And then, like, a few months in, you're like... Wow, I've learned some things about yeah. myself. And you it's know, all I, I think, can think about. Now. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And I think that's the reason why it hooks you, right? Is because you go like, "This is a the most incredible playground, like emotional playground." Yeah. And I just think nowadays, with the way that the world is so connected and so relentless, and it's just like bad news off cycle after bad news cycle, to have an emotional playground where you can just be like, "I can just go down the slide today if I want to take the easy route, or I can, you know." I can work things out. You know what I mean? I can really get in the weeds if I want to today. That's like, I mean, this should, I, honestly, like, uh, I think it was, I can't remember who was saying this, uh, or maybe I was listening to it, but like uh, talking about how like therapy, for instance, should be like a public service. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. D&D should be a public service. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this safe space where you can go and like emotionally just like, uh, work yeah. things out without having to articulate yourself to a therapist or, do you know what I mean? I honestly think it's, because you work through things you didn't even know you needed to work through. I th- yeah, and I think we spend amazing. our entire lives, uh, every human being on the planet, you spend your life building this armor that you put on to face the world. Because, you know, let's face it, the world is a dangerous, it's a perilous place and pitfalls, some incredible experiences and you make friends and all of the other things that come along with it. But you have to protect yourself at this day and age. So we develop this armor, we develop this personality, we develop these... Um, social cues and, and social dignities and things like that. And anything I think that allows you to remove that armor and and sort of bear yourself and be vulnerable, truly vulnerable with other people, it's scary, but has in my life and in the lives of the people that I love has often times yielded the, the best results and um, shaped my life for the better, being yeah. vulnerable. I think, uh, I think, especially for young men, I think it's incredibly important mm. to to know, mm-hmm. to understand in, in, intimately that strength, real strength, real power comes from vulnerability, from from empathy. Yeah. Um, and and the greatest leaders are the greatest listeners, you know. And I think that that's those are things that D and D teaches you. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I incredibly think- proud to be a part of of this community now yeah and uh i i'm uh because nothing bad has ever happened on talking on behalf of everyone but i I speak on behalf (laughs) of everyone when i say we're so glad to have you in this community uh it's 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 lovely to have you here and and honestly just i think whenever you add someone to a community who can talk as eloquently uh, as you about these kinds of things it's only ever a positive thing uh so i'm going to ask for you to speak eloquently about one last thing if we can which is just uh we've had a lot of conversations about some epic you know we've skirted around some epic moments moments that have happened at the table so uh here at three black halflings we always ask people for a tale from the table so this can be anything this can be an emotionally impactful moment this can be a really just ludicrously hilarious moment uh just something that jumps to your mind a a moment you had at the table uh that you just uh, almost like one of those moments where you're like i wish that would be that would have been filmed or i wish that Mm. everyone could be in could be in the room with us for that moment uh is there anything that jumps to to mind when we've had everything from silly to emotional so honestly anything that you can think of i i am very spoiled because i have had some incredibly 
creative, deep feeling, deep thinking DMs. Um, so I have a lot of moments to pull from, but the one that I think stands out the most and was probably uh, cinematically the movie in, in my head, mm-hmm. the most vivid and the most beautiful was about a year ago. Um, we, in, in one of my home campaigns, uh, DM'd by my very best friend and brother, Jack Cummins, um, we lost a party member in, a, in, in an unexpected uh, battle. Um, and we, we, that happened, and then we stepped away for a couple of weeks because everyone was processing the death. And when we came back to the table, um, we all determined we're bringing him back. We're going to find a way to, to bring this furball back to life. Uh, in that time, though, Pico, the player who was playing the uh, Furbolg, had conversed with the DM and said he didn't want to come back, that this, this was a death mm. fitting for him, uh, and that he thought it would uh, propel the party in the direction that it needed to go. Mm. And so when we showed up at the table and began that session with all of our individual plans of how we were going to get this body back to his to the fur bogs in the forest that, that he came from. Um, and the DM explained that it didn't work. Uh, oh, wow. We all had this truly cathartic emotional experience and we said a prayer for him and, and, and thought, okay, we're going to have to bury him here. And our DM had <laughs> done the most incredible thing and uh, decided and crafted that, that Yam, the, the party member who had died, would become uh, our home base, our HQ. So his body uh, became the roots uh, and the stone that grew from the ground that is now our tower in the forest where we use our HQ. Wow. And so he, mm. instead of being dead, he became this living thing that we all now uh, use and, and benefit from. And uh, I remember that moment specifically because he is much more elegant and important than I am and, and crafted this incredible image and, and vision of it, the tower building and, and the essence becoming, uh, his essence becoming everything else. But I, I also just remember um, so quickly going from absolute sadness and, and um grief for the loss of this friend of mine to being completely overjoyed and amazed that he, our friend, was able to gift us this last thing with his life. Uh, and I think, I think it changed how we all play the game after that mm. um, and how we all related to each other after that. I think as friends outside of the game, we realized, and it was unspoken and unsaid, but we realized that we all do, there's a deep love that we've all mm. developed um, as a result of this game. And it was because of, of Yam's death. Uh, That's lovely. <clears throat> that made me emotional. Yeah. That was so nice. When I talk now, about I, it, I get emotional. It was, it was and, now you get to do the, and now you get to do the nod as well, which is like when you're sat there with your friend and you just kind of like both of you are like yeah. thinking about it and you yeah, just kind yeah. of look at each other and go, hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And both of you are thinking, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't have yeah. to say anything. <laughs> It's just like that shared experience, just the nod, like, mm, yeah. Like if you ever bumped into each other, like at a bar, you could just look across the bar in a cool way and just be like, We've been to war together. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. We've been to war together. (laughs) We lost our best friend in Yam. Yeah. 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 Forever Yam. (laughs) 
Uh, absolutely incredible christian thank you so much for joining us this has been uh such a blast and i was not anticipating on this wednesday evening of mine get this deep (laughs) and i have loved it i've loved every single second of this conversation uh it's been wonderful and thank you so much for giving your time uh please tell all of our listeners tell the halflings where they can find you uh what stuff you're up to uh if there's anything that you want to plug uh it doesn't even have to be your project it could be absolutely anything just uh, please, the floor is all yours. Well, I am uh, truly terrible at the social media game, but I have social <laughs> media. So if you search my name, Christian Navarro, you'll find me on Instagram and uh, and on Twitter. Uh, as far as shout outs, I've, I've played with this incredible group in Canada, Blackwater, D&D. They have really just beautiful storytelling with some beautiful folks up there. Um, that's yeah, on Monday like nights. Friends of 3BH. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, um, lovely people. Uh, and uh, they're, they're Monday nights, and I'll be, uh, I think for the next two or three weeks, I'll be on their uh, uh, campaign on Mondays. Um, Johnny Stanton is DMing an incredible game with Luis and uh, Persephone and, and Jasmine and myself. Uh, that'll be coming out in a month. Um, and then, of course, shout out to to my family, my new family, uh, Critical Role, oh. and uh, everything that they do. You know, you got Vox Machina. I see the hat. Vox Machina Friday. Well, that's um, me. <laughs> and, you know, watch out. I might pop up on uh, on Critical Role again sometime soon. Who knows? Ooh, very exciting. Okay. Very cool. We're getting the scoops here on 3BH. That's how we do mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, a huge thank you once again. Uh, Halflings, uh, Liv, where can people find you on the internet if they want to? Yeah, uh, you can find me in various places, but you can find me on Twitter, at uh, DoesDarkMagic. Um you can find me. I'm trying to do the YouTube thing a little bit. I'm making some videos. Okay, so, um, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm Olivia Does Dark Magic on YouTube. So I'm. You could search me. Maybe I'll pop up. Um, and also, you can head on over to youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker where we play all sorts of RPGs, board games, all the things. So yeah. Wonderful. The amount of times I will find myself trying to research a topic for this show and I will <laughs> and I will click on an article, be reading it for ages, and then be like, oh, this is a Dicebreaker article. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a hugely... We do uh, some work. Yeah, you do, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dicebreaker, if, if Dicebreaker hasn't covered it, like, it's probably it's probably in the works. That's honestly yeah. what it is. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Hive at uh, JeremyCobb1. It's called with two B's and the number one. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. At one point, I will remember what my Instagram handle is and probably post something. But if you find me, <laughs> uh, please follow me. Uh, every every week or so, when I plug my Instagram, people will go on and follow me. They somehow find me. And it always brings a smile to my face because they know my Instagram handle and I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, go check I that do. Out. And every time you say it, I want to say it. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 I don't, I don't, it's better if I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it's it as well. Now, but it's, I would, it's, it's absolutely part exactly. of it now <laughs> exactly uh and um oh yes I've, I've been doing more uh pro gming stuff so keep an eye on my social media for that where i will be uh announcing more games being held and you can come and play with me oh, and yeah. hopefully have some of these experiences that we've been talking about on the show Woohoo! Uh, and yeah, you can uh, follow me at JW underscore Cartwright on all of the social medias. Um, I am currently uh, a sort of semi-permanent. I say semi-permanent in the sense that I'm not on every episode, but I am a permanent 
on every other episode of Games and Feelings, uh, which is a great show all about a lot of the stuff we talked about today, about games and how they make us feel, uh, and the fact that uh, the games don't come with an emotional out. manual. It's Yeah, it's a really, really cool show, um, so uh, definitely go and check that out. Uh, also, keep an eye out because I am joining uh, the, I don't even think I've mentioned this yet on the show, which I'm joining the Motion Capture, uh, the uh, Performance Capture podcast, uh, which is all about motion capture and performance capture, uh, with a friend of mine, a brilliant actor called Victoria Atkin. Uh, we are going to be hosting uh, episodes together, talking to some amazing people from around the uh, performance capture and motion capture world. We have some amazing names. We may even be talking to some critical role people at some point. So uh, definitely go and check that out because uh, they're awesome people and it's a really fascinating uh, look into the world of motion capture and performance capture. If you've never heard about it before or done anything uh, or, or know much about it and you're interested, please come and check out this podcast. Uh, we put a lot of time and love into it. And uh, it's a really awesome resource for anyone who's thinking about getting into that world. Because uh, uh, between me and Victoria, we've done a lot of stuff. And by that, I mean, Victoria's done loads of stuff. And I've done like a really <laughs> small little slither of stuff. Uh, and together we have loads of experience because that's that's how we roll. <laughs> um and then finally, you can follow the show at Three Black Halflings. That's the number three Black Halflings on all social medias. We have a YouTube, uh, which has uh, some actual play episodes. We've got interview stuff on there as well. Um, we have our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash TV Halflings, which you get those bonus content. And we have merchandise. I think that's all the plugs. My word, that was a long one for me today. Uh, so uh, without <laughs> further ado, thanks to Christian Navarro for this episode. Thank and we will talk to you next week. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. Ooh, there we go. That was good. That was good. There we go. That was good. Okay. Halflings, it's about that time that we thank the people who have signed up to the Three Black Halflings Patreon. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for joining. It is the main source of revenue for the podcast and allows us to do all of the amazing things that we are doing, including just carrying on doing the show. Uh, we love you all so, so much. There is so much awesome content that people are enjoying over there, and we are getting very close to achieving a stretch goal, which is starting an Outlaws and Obelisks source book so if you're interested in seeing that interested in supporting the show and interested in getting a ton of bonus content then why not check out patreon.com forward slash tb halflings but without any further ado i would like to thank the following people for being generally incredibly awesome folks so a huge thank you to andy c malcolm johnson christopher michael watts sunny yin nicole leanne nia r Nota Fed, Ben Blair, Brion Harpring, JF, just JF in capitals, I love it, Abigail Cooksley, Eden the DM, I wonder if Eden's a DM, Dalton Joles, 
Neil, Ernest Lewis Jr. Love that name. Orlando Taylor, Cass Marie, Friday, just Friday. Maybe it is a Friday when you're listening to this. I hope you have a lovely Friday if that's the case. Be the eight-year-old. Yep, that's uh, one of our patrons. Be the eight-year-old. Gotta love it. Why not? Be an eight-year-old. It's great. And Callan Rowe. Thank you so much for joining the Three Black Halflings Patreon. You are incredible people and helping to support this show every single day. We really appreciate it so much. And if you are interested in signing up, then you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash TV Halflings or just go into the link and the bottom of the description uh, of this episode. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. So long, Shia folk. That was a HeadGum Podcast.